Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Jennifer Koch. She is an international style coach and the founder and owner of Stylegasm. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited to have you here and get into learning more about who you are and the beautiful light that you put out into the world. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here today. And how are you doing today? I've been awesome. Just it, I had just a really busy few days and my favorite kind of days where I'm working with clients. So I feel mm-hmm. a beat from that. <laughs> so let's jump right in, Jennifer. As I mentioned, you're an international style coach. You're the founder and owner of Stylegasm. How long have you been a fashion style coach? Well, officially, I've had my business for just over two years. I've been in fashion my whole life and I've worked in various sides of the industry for 15, but doing all the ways that I do now for the last couple of years. Okay. And so how and why did you get started in the world of fashion styling in particular? Yeah. Well, people often think, well, maybe I went to fashion school and I went to styling school. And and really, that's not the case. It's something that for sure a long evolution to get into it. Well, I've always loved style since I was a little girl. My mom used to make me dresses for picture day. And I had really strong opinions about know, the fabric and the cut and just, you know, how I want it to be. And I just, I got it, even though it was only a dress I got to make once a year, I almost became addicted to that feeling of being like the bell of the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Being able to create something that was just unique. And myself, I was a very shy kid with a speech impediment. So love fashion since I've, I mean, that was, you know, four or five years old, but when that all started and yeah, I I knew I wanted to do style, but it it took a long time. I was afraid that it was something superficial. I actually dropped out of fashion school, very bad at sewing and pattern making. And yeah, I did lots of different things in the industry, had my own bespoke brand. I used to live in Bali, Indonesia, and I did made to order women's wear. And I actually was quite a headache doing products and having to deal with production and figure out the fabrics. And it was just like, ugh. But what I loved was my clients and just my interactions with them and this deeper meaning of style and how it's this true expression of someone's essence and how transformational it is and it is more than just clothes. And so over time, I realized that that's actually where my genius was. And so that's when I switched into doing that to styling a couple of years ago now. Wow. So you did start out wanting to be a fashion designer, but it yeah. just wasn't your cup of tea or wasn't your gig. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us then a little bit about the businesses and the services you offer for your clients? Yeah. So I work pretty much one-on-one, mostly with women, but I do have some some amazing men. And one thing is I actually work virtually a lot. I think 
know, right now, maybe it's like 70% of my clients are, are virtually. And, you know, I, I just read a post about this today. A lot of times people come to me and they're like, oh, can you just help me with an outfit? I have a special event or I have a photo shoot. And I'm like, I mean, I can do that, but just like any area of your life, you know, you need to look at it more like holistically. We want to actually solve the problem. And so with clients, depending on, you know, all that they need, but for someone really going for a full experience with me, like first we got to get clear on what's their vision. What are people's style that they want to emulate, that they're secretly envious of? I have this really cool thing called a style oracle deck. So it's a deck of Oracle cards and I have them play with these cards. And I love that because it brings out something deeper, I think on like a more of a soulful level of how they want to express. And even in ways that they might not even tell me initially, but as we pull cards, like, oh yeah, like actually they can see something deeper coming out. And then, you know, going through someone's wardrobe. So you have to look at what you have, just like any good chef would look, you know, in the refrigerator, you got to see what people like, what they got to throw out. Yeah. know what goes with what and then helping people with shopping and curating outfits and one thing I do which is very different from other stylists is I'm trained in this advanced energy work called energy mastery and so I infuse this work with my clients and so really really giving them that full inner and outer transformation both in their style and just you know how they feel about themselves and how they present themselves out in the world very cool. So you try and I guess start out by going through what they have and trying to work with what they have before you take them out and say, okay, let's go shopping and let's pick some outfits. You try and work with what they have first. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it depends on the person. There's some people that have closets literally full of like dust and things that don't fit. <laughs> you know? A lot of people, they have things from, you know, decades ago and, you know, they right. do this like deep purge of things. And, and especially in the, this post-COVID era, a lot of people have things from old jobs. I mean, they work from home. There's a lot of things that just, they need to go. And then people always have amazing things in their wardrobe that they either don't know how to wear, they forgot about, you know, they need, yeah. there's always stuff to work with there. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so what is one piece of advice you would give to someone wanting to start a career in the world of fashion styling? like yourself. Well, it's kind of a double-edged thing with styling because I meet people. Actually, I, I was just in an event this weekend that this kind of gala special event and this girl chased me down because she loved my outfit. And she's like, I've always wanted to be a stylist. And you know, I tried to do it like 10 years ago. And she was like, she's stylish. And she's like, it was hard to get people to convince me to, to hire me. I'm like, yeah, I, I understand. I, I had the same problem when I got started. So one is to have the love of style and have the love for yourself. I mean, people always tell me I'm a walking billboard for what I do. Because <laughs> I love to dress up. Like I'm mean, if you see me now, I'm wearing all this like you know, kind of interesting stuff. People always stop me. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just just being transparent that I love what I do. And so I keep that love of style for myself every day. And I think it's really important for stylists to do that. And obviously they have to find their, their way of style. And my style is very stylegasm and, you know, it has its maybe over a topness. And there's other stylists that maybe they have another way of expressing themselves. But to be an example, but I also would say is like, that's part of the, the challenge is you have to learn how to style other people. And that's the difference with being a fashion influencer versus a stylist. So I would say someone starting out, try to just get as much experience as you can with people, and particularly people with different body types than you and different you know age brackets, because that's when that real trust factor comes in. You know, when I started working with women that are plus size or, you know, decades older than me, you know, just from various other backgrounds, that's really what build that trust for people to be like, oh, well, you might be 
stylish, but I can see that you can dress other people and other people don't dress like you and you find a way for them to, you know, dress like themselves. So I would just say someone starting out, just trying to get as much experience as you can while also loving style for yourself. Right. Okay. Now, where do you pull your inspiration from, Jen, when you're styling clients? That's a good question. I'm definitely an an intuitive in a way. So I just get pinged with ideas often. And then that'll lead me down a a rabbit hole of like, oh, look at this, look at that. I mean, I absolutely love Pinterest is amazing. And I do, I call it like mood board creation. So with a client, well, first we do their Oracle card reading. And so we pull these multiple cards. And then the thing is, let's say the two central cards of like what they're stepping into. Like I had a client other week that it was like honesty and chic. And so I was like, well, that's going to look different. Like chic is going to be different for me than it's be for her. So I need to translate that. So I would go onto Pinterest and I like to find people that look somewhat similar to my clients. That client is in her sixties. Like I'm not going to be showing her like women in their twenties. Like I'm going to find people that are more in her age bracket that, you know, she's plus size, give me examples of plus size women that are chic. And so I have them rate usually it's at least like 50 images and to t- on a scale. So very kind of analytical in a way and to dissect what it is that people like. And once I really get a sense of that, then that's where I kind of hone on the vision. And then I can just go out and start shopping and suggesting people, well, mostly online shopping, by the way. Right. Things for okay. Okay. Yeah. Now you had mentioned that you lived in Bali and I know through previous conversation with you, you also lived in Paris. So I'm curious, how did living in these places affect how you see style now? Oh man, they were just integral in so many ways. Paris was really what kicked off my journey. I I moved there in 2013. I did an immersion fashion program and then I got a job working in the industry. I I was Emily in Paris before there was Emily in Paris. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer in Paris. (laughs) I didn't have the Chanel shorts and I didn't have the love triangle, but I did work for a PR company where it was all French or Italian, you know, people in the office, they were not very nice to me to say the least. So yeah, it was was a little bit like that. So Paris, I mean, the best education in Paris, I don't know if you've, if you've been to Paris, Brad? Yes, I have. Yeah. I mean, just the people watching is... Oh yeah. It's a beautiful city. Yes. It's just such a beautiful city and people just looking at the women and how they put things together in such this effortless way and just so chic. Air, the atmosphere there, it's just so different. It's worlds apart. Totally. It really is. So I would just say, I mean, so much of Paris was by osmosis of, I also had this assignment actually when I was in my program where we had to go to all these shops. I mean, probably, I think it was like 80 shops or something around Paris and study them and go look at the clothes and try on some of the clothes. And this is designer stuff of all different backgrounds. And that was such an education for me because Previously, you know, I'm American. I love, you know, H&M and, you know, the <laughs> mall and that sort of thing. So to go to these these stores where things are thousands of dollars and there's a whole legacy of these brands and how they've been created and just the art of them. And I, I started learning about fast fashion and how bad that industry is and just had a much deeper appreciation for, you know, for the art of style. So I would say that, yeah, it's almost like there was life before Paris and there was life after Paris. (laughs) (laughs) Jen is a different woman after Paris. For sure. Love it. Which fashion stylist do you admire or look up to and why? Good question. There is a stylist, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. Her name is Maeve. She is the stylist for Megan Fox. She's done a really good job. It's actually really 
cool to see how much that has affected Megan Fox and just like her, Megan Fox has become quite a style icon and just the way that she puts things together, I think is really cool. I think too, she has a whole thing with being a stylist that she wants to be kind and to be, you know, collaborative and to, I mean, she is a very kind of celebrity stylist, but she seems like a, you know, a nice person at the end of the day and just has a lot of talent. So I would say she, yeah, she would be the one that I would look up to at this time. Okay. Collaboration is such an important piece of the whole, no matter what business you're in, collaboration is key. It's so important. Definitely. Jen, what is your styling philosophy? My styling philosophy is style is really the inner matching the outer. And people often think that it's this superficial thing. And that's that's one of the biggest challenges that any stylist goes through is, you know, when people experience it, I mean, so many of my clients said it's the best money they've ever spent on themselves. It's just, it's unleashed who they truly are into the world. It's just, it truly is that transformational experience, but people initially think that it's superficial, but it's really not that. And as you work on the external, you're working on your clothes and the style, it actually, actually really activates the internal. And for you to really you know, show up as that person that you want to become and really, you know, allowing yourself to be seen, allow yourself to feel beautiful, allow yourself to be, how to say, yeah, just, you know, have this whole like dress for the job that you want, like yes. dress for the that you want to be. Yeah. yeah. As they say, when you look good, you feel good, right? So it's, yeah. it's a reflection. Your outer is a reflection of what you're feeling on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say is one of the most difficult problems you've had to solve regarding a styling a client? Difficult problems. I would say I do, with some clients, we do some custom work. I think that the biggest gap for women, the women that have the hardest time finding clothes for them are tall women. Okay. And I have a client that's 6'3". and. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, petite women like to complain, but it's like, you can get things tailored if you're petite, like, let's be honest. And yeah. tall, there's just, there's just more limited options with options for, for tall people. And so again, we have to get a bit creative. I would also say the other area is like women who are in this like size 12 to yeah, like a size 12, 14 bracket because the plus size industry has gotten so much better. I mean, there's still a lot further to go, but there are way more brands than there were before. There's definitely more than Lane Bryant out there. So it's like have options for my plus size clients. And then the clients that are at like, you know, the 12, 14, there's some brands that only carry until 10, which just drives me nuts. And then the patterns for those women have been made. A lot of things have been made on a fit model. That's a size four or size six. So okay. I just, my clients are at that point. I mean, one is to really understand their body type and really understanding what are the garments that work for them? What are the shapes? And that's something I help educate with them. Things like fabrics, yeah, just having learned about where are those brands that do have the gems for them. But I would also just say to those clients, I do tell them like, like with, with anyone, we do a bit of trial and error and we're shopping for things online. You know, if I have a client that's a size four, I, I mean, for some clients, like most things are going to look good on them that we order. And I just tell for, for clients that are 12 or 14 is like, you know, just be willing that you know, not everything's going to work, but that's part of the journey is just to try stuff. We always may be able to make them feel beautiful and get the things that work. But I just, I wish the fashion industry was more inclusive for women in, in, that, in that bracket. How do you see that going though? Like, do you see that shifting? Has it shifted much since you got started in the industry? And how does that shift even happen? How do we start to shift it more so mm. that it is more inclusive in your opinion? Um, well, 
I did see a brand recently, they're like a more plus size brand, but they actually did start carrying sizes from size 10. So I'm like, oh, that, that does make it more helpful. You know, okay. I, I have this brand actually I've used with a male client of mine and it was a made to order fashion brand for men. And the pricing is quite reasonable. Like I would say it's around kind of like Nordstrom price. Like, I mean, my client could go buy a Hugo Boss shirt. It was, you know, comparable pricing. And so right. I wish there were more brands like that for women of like made to order that's like, you know, pretty good quality, good value and accessible. I mean, for instance, I had a client yesterday, I have a VAP client and we went to a custom fashion place and we're getting a top and bottom made. And that's, you know, that's about like $3,000 to get something like that. And she's able to do that. And she's, she's very wealthy. And I understand that that's not for everyone. So I wish there's just more made to order fashion at times that is just for, for, for I mean, th- th- there are some options out there. I just wish, I just wish there was more. That would be. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's when, when I was in Bali, that kind of thing is possible. You, <laughs> go, you know, you can go to Hong Kong or go to other parts of the world. and you get Right. Stuff. What inspires and excites you the most about being a fashion stylist? Mm. I mean, I get so excited with each of my clients and the metamorphosis that they go through and just where they start and how that process of blossoming out of a cocoon and how they just show up in their life. Like that, that just excites me so much. Obviously I love clothes. I could, you know, look at clothes, <laughs> all day, but, but like, for instance, I have a client and she was, you know, another one that was just like, as most people are, it was hard spending money on herself initially. I wasn't really sure if it was going to work with me. And actually some of her friends have worked with me before some people that she knows. So they kind of talked her into it. You really need to hire Jennifer. It's going to make a difference in your life. So she yeah. did. And she's in her 60s and she's a Mormon woman, um, always spend for the kids, all this stuff. So they go through this process together. And at the end, I, we chatted one day. And she's like, you know, my, my husband, like every day, he's just like, you look so amazing. And he, he just really means it. Like he's just, he's like, you have stepped into your true self. This is who you really are. And, and who would have thought that clothes could do that? And just how that's, I mean, just everything helps their marriage, help their business. That's what that gets me up in the morning to yeah. have that, you know, that profound change for them. That's huge. That's absolutely yeah. huge. And it can, it can shift a person completely mm-hmm. into who they truly are. It's yeah. It's beautiful. It's transformation. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I love the name, Jennifer. How did you come oh. up with the name for your business? Yes. So when I came back from Bali and I was going to start a new brand, so my made to order brand made a lot of mistakes Um, was not profitable, did a lot of things like, oh my gosh, I could do things better. So when I came back, I'm like, I'm going to just change everything and do things my way this time. I had taken some advice that wasn't always good. And my brand at the time was called Wildflower. And I just never really felt that that quite was quite it. It sounded too bohemian. It was too common. It's like a flower shop. So I really took some time to reflect about what do I want my name brand to be? And I read this really great book. It's called Hello, My Name is Awesome. And it's this woman who that's her whole business is helping people name their brands. And so I took a workshop with her and did the exercises. And I really thought about what is the feeling that I want my clients to feel? And I kept coming back to, it's just this like euphoric feeling, you know, it's almost this orgasmic feeling when you just can show up in the world like yourself, that you feel so good in what you wear. I obviously, I love clothes. I have this just visceral excitement in my body when I see beautiful clothes when I put on beautiful clothes and that I wanted that feeling for my clients. So it was really funny, you know, kind of, it is very much a, the great repeller and great attractor. So 
people, you know, it's kind of interesting sometimes on customer service lines, I'm not going to lie. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> What's your business name? And, <laughs> but for the people who, you know, it's like, it seems to draw in the, the right people as well. So. Well, that's it, right? When you see the yeah. name, there's in or hear the name, there's intrigue. Oh, what's this? Stylegasm. Yeah. That's very, very cool. I love it. I think the name is brilliant. Thank brilliant, you. brilliant work, Jennifer. Thank you. You have made it your mission to help people express their true essence through clothing and image. Why have you decided to make this your personal mission? I mean, it probably in some ways goes back to, you know, my life experience. And it's funny now because I I don't really think about this very often, but I think about like all, all the layers I had to peel back and all the, you know, just all the conditioning from my childhood. You know, I grew up, I have like an amazing family, don't get me wrong, but growing up in Mechanicsville, Virginia, where, you know, I think my my family and issue have been very happy for me to just get a, a degree in marketing and live close to home and, you know, wear, you know, whatever, just boring J. Crew stuff or something. <laughs> yeah, like J. Crew, don't get me wrong. And really just my life experience to be like, no, like I want a really different life for myself. And I've lived very off the beaten path my whole adult life I and mean, having literally traveled around the world, been an expat multiple times, just done a lot of weird things too. And really to be in the, in the place and the, definitely the energy work I would say was the was a big catalyst for a lot of the things in my life falling into place over the last um, couple of years, but really to feel confident in who I am and that I can express that. And it's so much to the point that I don't even think about it. I just do it. And that, you know, man, to give other people permissions to to be themselves in that sort of way. Yeah. I mean, what, what greater honor, right? To like, Yeah, you're right. It truly is a beautiful gift to be able to give back to another human being in that way and to have them step into their true power and authenticity. It, it's just an incredible thing to be part of for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before you decide to work with them? Well, I would say number one is someone just with an openness, an openness to, you know, to one to just be willing to change. You know, I've mostly had really, really amazing clients, you know, beautiful people, and most of them are very receptive, although some more than others. So just that willingness, I mean, it's, it's kind of a joke, but when I work with my clients now, like, I had this moment, I think it's like the session, usually around session two or three, where I have this whole presentation I walk them through. It's like, this is my stylist soapbox. And most of my clients haven't worked with a stylist before, every once in a while, but usually they have not. And just to be like, this is a bit what it's like. And this journey is really fun, but it's also going to be, it may be uncomfortable at times for you. And, you know, I have one of my clients that says it's like making peace in the mirror. Like even for one client to like literally send me a photo of their body wearing yoga clothes so I can see their shape was like felt very confronting to her or yeah. to go buy your first $300 blouse, you know? So I just say that, and I'm there to help. I don't just like, you know, force things on people. I'm there to like help them. And that's part of what the energy work does too, is just to like make them receptive to the change. But I would say that's just number one. Something I think with anyone that's a coach, you know, someone who's ready and willing to do the work. My ideal client, I work a lot with women entrepreneurs who are front-facing type people. So I love people who are like really out in the world, you know, whether they're a speaker or performer, whether they, you know, front-facing where they have social media presence, you know, coaches. And so, you know, people that are almost like, you know, someone was going to get their business rebranded. It's like, you're actually, I'm helping rebrand you in my actual individual. Yeah. Yeah. Personal rebranding. Exactly. And how that just ripples in your business in just such a 
you know, prophetic way, really. So that's that. Yeah, that's often the ideal kind of person. I, I beautiful. Yeah. Which of your skills do you feel has best prepared you for a career as a fashion stylist? Probably my curiosity. My curiosity, like I, like each human that comes to me is just they're so different. I'm not, you know, I'm not like hyper niched and I don't think I am for my industry. I don't need to be. I mean, I get maybe some of those business coaches need to be or something, but just my curiosity that each person, you know, I had an astrologer once I had a really amazing reading with, and he was just saying how he's like, yeah, as a stylist, you would be bored if it was just like, these are the colors that look good on people. He's like, you have, you naturally, like your soul is attuned to just something much deeper and like really, you know, just on the soul level of helping bring something much deeper out of people. So I think, yeah, just my ability to be with a person and my clients say, you know, I feel really seen by you. I feel like you really get me. I think you brought out different sides of myself that, you know, I had forgotten and were able to, you know, see a higher vision for myself than I could for myself when we got started, like that sort of thing. That's an incredible skill set to be able to put your clients at ease like that and to have them be open to you. Yeah, it's quite an honor, really. Yeah. What, in your opinion, is the most important quality in a fashion stylist? <laughs> this is a little bit joking, but what came to mind was like kindness. I think there's this idea with, we see those shows like what not to wear or something. And people, I think sometimes have this fear, like, oh my God, is a stylist going to like pick me apart and going to tell me that I look bad and all these things, or I'm not supposed to wear this, that, and the other. And, and there are actually a lot of stylists like that. They're just very nitpicky about things, very judgmental. I think, especially being a stylist when, you know, you're more high-end stylist as I am, it's not just a, you know, over the phone or not working in a department store, like really that real personal connection with people that people feel safe with you, that people, you know, approachability. So yeah, I think all that kindness goes a really long way. For sure. What are some challenges that you faced early on in your business and how'd you overcome them? Challenges. Well, definitely what I had spoken to earlier about, well, people were like, oh, you have really great style, but you know, I with kind of without saying, but like, I don't know if you can really help me. I did go take a course in body type analysis. And so that, that a couple actually, that gave me some perspective about working with different body types. You know, like I think as with any business or it's coaches, especially, I mean, it took me six months to get my first client. And it's, it's always for anyone who's listening, maybe that's starting a coaching business or something like that. It's like, it's just this combination of you having to like believe in yourself enough and you have to kind of go out there and talk like you have clients, but you don't have clients yet. The hardest part of the business is getting your first paying client. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, man, I, I wouldn't go back to that time. <laughs> All part of the journey of entrepreneurship, though. It's a struggle oh, for sure. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Probably my creativity. I do things very different from other stylists, as I talked about with my Oracle cards, with the energy work that I do, just my whole approach. And that's actually probably why I'm grateful I didn't go to any kind of styling school. I mean, I did take, you know, the body type analysis and a couple of things here and there, but it's almost like I have my own methodology as a stylist, you know? And yeah. I, yeah. And I think just, and that's like my strength is just being really different, you know, and just, approaching things differently through my own creativity. Yeah, that's what I would say. That's, I mean, it's definitely beneficial to do things differently than other fashion stylists. And you obviously, I mean, bringing the Oracle deck 
cards into it and the energy work combined with the work that you do is definitely something that's going to make you stand out for sure. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of success, Jennifer, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Well, success to me, I think you're successful when you can be yourself, you know? I mean, obviously it's great to have monetary success. It's great to enjoy what you do, all these things. But a couple of things I would say. One is where you just feel that true authenticity of I can be myself out in the world. And I think that goes into helping others and service. I had a post recently and I talked about, there seems to be this trend these days with a lot of coaches, particularly around my age, I'm in my later thirties, where it's like, they want to like work as less as possible and brag about how much money they make and be by the pool. And, you know, and I get that for some people, that's what they want. And maybe that gives them a lot of time with their kids or space to do things. And like that, that's great. You know, you break, break the chains of nine to five or whatever. But for me, it's really about service. Like, I mean, it's not, obviously I love to make great money and all that, but being able to really serve on a profound level, like to me, that is success. Like there's nothing better than really you know, changing someone's life. Yeah. Changing lives. And I'm big into tithing and community service. And I do like regular volunteering. I do this clothing for the homeless. I volunteer almost on a weekly basis doing that. So just that I real, like, that. yeah, just that real fulfillment, you know, yep. being of service. It's an incredible feeling to be able to give back to your community, to people and to help them feel good about themselves and to be yeah. part of that transformation. Exactly. What is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? What was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Probably one of the best things that I learned in my life. So I, I do this work called Energy Mastery, as I had mentioned. And mm-hmm. I had done a lot of work in personal development. I tried, I mean, really every modality under the sun. And keep in mind, I used to live in Bali, Indonesia. You know, if, you, if you've been to Bali, you've been to Ubud, where you know, entertainment is going to a cacao ceremony and a breathwork class and getting your reading done with a psychic. Like that's just things that we did. And I worked with lots of coaches and I still struggled in a lot of areas of my life, particularly around money and things in relationship and health things. And I ended up going on this quest to try to find something. I just had this sense of like, I know I'm smart and there's capable. There must be something that's going to help me to live the life that I know I'm possible of. And when I found this, it talked about, I met, met this girl kind of randomly on Instagram and she talked about miracles happening in the most impossible eras of your life. And I was like, there's something about her. It was just different and light. And I was like, whatever it is she's doing, I want to try that. So I ended up taking this training and, you know, the skeptic, you know, I've done energy work. I've done a million things that, I mean, that there's my life before energy mastering my life after, I mean, <laughs> you know, just hands down. I mean, li- like literally this, you know, to go from no clients to a six figure business and just, you know, in a year to not, I mean, not have health struggles that I had before to, you know, just continuously attracting amazing things in my life by using this work on myself every day. And I never thought I would use it professionally, but I got so much transformation from it. And then as, you know, being a stylist, I hear kind of everything that happens in my clients' lives. And I remember my first client was single and having some dating troubles and stuff. And so I started using the work on her and it was just like amazing what transpired and people have health troubles and all kinds of things. So it's kind of a joke now that it's mandatory that they like, they're better clients. They're better clients for me. It just helps everything. And now I'm actually teaching this work. I have a training coming out and I'll probably be teaching it like at least a couple times a year because- Yeah. More people need to know about it. It's the most advanced energy 
you know, modality on the planet and not that many people know about it. I just have to share it. It made such a difference yeah. in my life. So yeah. That's beautiful, Jennifer. Thank you for sharing that. What is your personal motto? You know, this is a quote that I I just feel like I say to myself a lot. It's it was the Arthur Ashe quote. He actually is from Richmond where I grew up and it's start where you are, do what you can. A friend years ago had told it to me because, you know, I was like very, I don't know, like very ambitious, you know, like pie in the sky. And it's always like, well, just get started like where you are, like just take the next step forward. Like who can you help? What, you know, what phone call do you need to make? What's like just the next thing that you need to do? So I always think of that quote. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'll end up staying stuck where you are if you don't take that first step. Mm -hmm. Just take it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. You have to, because if you wait, you'll never do it. True that. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Empower. To me, it means, you know, to be in your power. And I'm a big believer in, I think it's a word that we throw around a lot. And I really believe to empower others, you have to empower yourself first. You know, you really have to be, you have to be the embodiment of that. And then just by, you know, naturally people will flock to that when you embody it. Not even necessarily what you say, just that you are that. that Yeah. People want that. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. So the next grouping of questions is just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? <laughs> I just like laughing. All right. <laughs> what was your dream job as a child? I, I didn't have one. My mom was a teacher. My sister, they assumed I would be a teacher, but that never really fit, but... How would you describe yourself in one word? Soulful. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? <laughs> I just probably use, you know, highly energetic, used with caution. <laughs> <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? For people to love themselves. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Great relationships. Maybe more of them. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? I would love to get rid of anxiety and depression. That'd be great. Yeah, mental health is a huge yeah. issue and it'd be great to to rid the world of that for sure. Entrepreneur life is exciting. <laughs> that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? This is a very random. I, I was debating about doing a post about this soon. I was in a relationship. Well, he, he's a great friend now, so it's weird seeing an ex, but he's a bit of a meditation guru. <laughs> he never called himself that, but it, it's kind of funny now looking back a few years later that he taught me a lot. And as I think things that I'm talking about, about being of service, of being joyful, about wanting just the deep commitment to service, I think he really helped plant those seeds in me by just being that. What is your why? You know, years ago, I had a coach that we had to like come up with all, we have all, all these visions and all these core values and all these whys and all these things. Like we had to like lay out so much and be so, so connected to their vision. And honestly, now, like right now it's, it's just like, you know, help the next person kind of be the service to the next person and the next person and the next person. So I think it's just, just, just simple, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Well, my current, like living, present, died. Doesn't matter. Anyone. 
Yeah. Well, I would be really curious. So my, my mom's mom died when she was five. She had stomach cancer. And I've always felt like as people talk with her, I've always felt very connected to her. She loved to decorate the house and paint the walls different colors. And I just hear she was an, an amazing person. And I just felt like this this puzzle piece, you know, because I've never actually yeah. So I think it'd be really cool. I think I would probably discover a lot about myself and my mom and the whole family. Jennifer, what does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? I mean, even more fabulous clothes, of course. <laughs> um, you know, of course. Of course. I mean, even there's always a joke, you know, stylists, like we need stylists too. So it's like, I mean, I have fabulous clothes, but it's always like, you know, even being yesterday at the tailor, you know, I was like, man, I need to go. I want to do a $3,000 custom suit. Like, let's do that soon. And <laughs> designer stuff. But just being able to help more people and my current growth area is around delegating. And that has not been an easy area for me. My, my parents are kind of the millionaire next door type where they even still, you know, they, they do everything for themselves, you know? Yeah. So that's been really hard to learn to offload things to people so that I can stay more in my zone. So I just see being, just having more help in my business and so that I can serve more people. Okay. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I would probably say I, I, that you're not broken and that it's all going to make sense one day. Lastly, Jennifer, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Oh, gosh. Wow, that's a really deep question. Take your time. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it would just be like really simple. I would hope that it's not even necessarily what I say. It's maybe like the essence, whether it's the way that I look people in their eyes, the way that I, I don't know, you know, the whole thing, like hold space or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think it would just be like, we just want to share how much love I have for all the people around me and and yeah, just the deep gratitude really. Jennifer, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. It was an absolute pleasure to have the opportunity to sit down and speak with you and learn more about who you are and what you do and the beautiful light you put out into the world. Thank you for making the time and I appreciate you being a member of the Empowerography community. Oh, thank you so much. I love this interview. Thank you for your just beautiful questions and presence, reflections. Thanks for for all that you do out in your community and the world. Thank you, Jennifer. My pleasure and my honor. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Jennifer Koch. She is an international style coach and the founder and owner of Stylegasm. Thanks so much, Jennifer. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.